following sermon was recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org. We, we are going through the book of First Peter. And um, today we are looking at the passage... First Peter chapter 2, verse 18-25 Slaves, submit yourself to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are, are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because, of his conscious, because he is conscious of God. But how is it To your credit, if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it. But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they heard their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for You were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Just say a word of prayer with me. Lord, I just want to gather my thoughts together here. Lord, I just feel that I am with here and there. I want to come together to Share what you have put in my heart in the last few few days, Lord. Give me strength. But at the moment, I pray that your word will speak. And your spirit will enable us to listen. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord. Amen. We are continuing through the minefield of passages about authority and submission. Now, it's a very strange place in the current world to talk about these things. Submitting to authority, especially me, quite rebellious. Want to ask the questions like, why? Who are you? Why should I do that? That's not the way I think. That's, that's not the way I feel. And at a time of individual thought and individual control and complete authority, there's absolutely no sense that somebody has authority over any one of us. And that is the context that I come in and talk about a time when Peter nailed it without any compromise or grace that regardless who your boss is 
whether he is Christian, non-Christian, whether you don't like the way he walks, whether you don't like the way he looks, it doesn't matter, submit to him. Now he's been going through these passages as if these are passages for a journey of discipleship. This is like passages kind of taken out of the Sermon on the Mount and tried to put it into a context where he's holding people accountable when they can easily fall through the gaps. I just want to bring you the situation in Rome during the time he's writing this letter. I think we are, the familiarity is a big enemy for Christians all over the world. We just know so many things. We just know what is right. We just know the background, the, the, you know, everything that we need to know. And suddenly when somebody or when we ourselves read the scripture, we might think, I have heard that before. That's not, not the way I've read it. And sometimes it's always good to go back and refresh what the background is. It's a very sad time during the early first century. A fire devastated Rome in AD 64, but it didn't touch any properties belonged to Emperor Nero or his friends. Now Nero needed a scapegoat to put all this blame on because he was the perpetrator behind it. And now he got what appeared to be a new religion. Is easy, you know, it fits perfectly to put the blame on. Romans viewed Christians um, like Jews as they are, they are antisocial. It was just slanders and common claims that these people are bad. It just went around and around as so many rumors. There were rumors like, you know, these people reject our gods. These people are so licentious in incest and sexual immorality because they talk about, talk to each other that I love you brother, I love you sister. And all this were taken out of context. And they also call them as cannibals because they say that they eat the flesh and drink the blood. Very scary slanders. According to the early second century historian, you know, Nero burned Christians alive as torches to light his gardens at night. He killed other Christians in equally severe ways where he fed them to the wild animals for public spectacle. It was like watching a sport. It was a terrible time. Persecution was happening in a statewide national level. All over the Roman Empire, people started. That's why he started writing to people even Asia Minor, because I, I guess Peter believed, even though this is happening right now in Rome, it might spread. 
there were nowhere Christians to go. And the only thing that they wanted to hold on to was their faith. And that's very hard at a time like that. And this is the time Peter comes to the people who are scattered in Rome, Roman Empire everywhere, started saying, I will give you instruction, I will exhort you, I will encourage you to survive in this climate. I want to give you the hope. It's not about the physical suffering. We have received eternity. But for the sake of the souls of those people who are hurting us, persecuting us, let's submit. Let's surrender in conscience of the faith in God, please. In the last few weeks, last week especially, we saw Peter instructed his readers to be good citizens by submitting to the government, governing officials, and by showing proper respect to everyone. The point that Peter was trying to impress upon his people was this. Always take time to consider how your behavior is honoring or dishonoring God before this world. And that's what matters. You know, you are not your own persons. You are servants of God or you are slaves of God. In verses 18 to 25, he asked the people to bear up for under for bear up under unjust punishment. See, if we thought that Peter was being overly strict in his admonition to submit to every authority last week, even if it is ungodly, consider this comments to slaves. Slaves are already disadvantaged people. They are already vulnerable. And here is a massive, massive persecution. Now, I was reading through a lot of stuff and I realized that majority of the Christian population during that century were slaves. And very poor people. And there were exceptions like Joseph of Arimathea and few other people. But more than 60 or 70 percent or 80 percent of the people were just slaves. And Peter comes to them when they don't have any way to let out. Peter sent a letter saying, Submit yourself to your masters with all respect. Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Now, these are tough words for me. Put yourself in the place of these slaves. Now, this is another word we are so divorced from. Slaves. Who are these people? Everybody is slave of something or somebody all the time, whether we like it or not. 
we got this mist of arrogance that we are independent and free people but actually i'm not so sure about it especially from a christian faith we are always under somebody we were slaves of devil forever but we are freed to be slaves of god but we are still slaves the the plentiful of english words might have just divorced us from what this words as versus means like for me i am struggling as a nation to figure out being a disciple of christ and being a slave can you divorce that is it a independent existence now common greek word for slaves is doulos the word here is oiketais that means the household slaves it is surprising that many people accuse christians and christian bible that it never handled slavery it never raised a voice against the institution of slavery and even peter here his intention is not to speak against slavery as an institution it seems to be an accepted social order at the time the call was by paul was to the masters to be good to the slaves and peter to the slave to be obedient to the masters now a domestic household slave is not a common slave in the first century this can be people who have turned themselves into slaves with the thought that later they will buy their freedom with the money they make they were though they regarded as second class citizens they were not viewed as a lesser form of humanity many were individuals who sold themselves many were educated and had professional status as high as or higher than the free counterparts there were slave doctors and teachers many ran the household and business affairs of their masters having acknowledged that many slaves have good circumstances the point is they were still slaves under the control of their masters and their fortune in life depended upon the action the whim of the masters one of the example joseph situation is very good example to think about in the old testament he became the slave of an egyptian official he gave him complete control over his estate he was thrown into prison because of the accusation of his uh, of the master's wife without a fair hearing now there is so many stories like this where different categories people enjoyed freedom in that society as slaves sometimes these masters inflict harsh punishments upon the slaves and it include beatings 
they had no protection from the law nor could they leave peter is addressing such persons who have received the gospel and in his words a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation a people belonging to god how do they respond to this period the time how do they respond to this harsh pagan masters peter tells them they should submit to their masters and yes even to those who treat them harshly the contrast made between masters helps us to understand what is mean by submit see the issue here is not about submitting to masters who order the servants to carry out unethical or immoral actions or practices rather it is about enduring unjust treatment indeed the case may well be that christian servants are being harshly treated precisely because they will not act unethically or immorally that by the way may help us understand the admonition to submit to every authority the issue there is not submitting to laws that cause us to act against our faith but submitting to laws that are burdensome that we can't bear it peter further adds that the servants are to submit to their masters with all respect the funny thing is not only just to obey but on top of that to respect them it's very hard this is where i struggle i got this huge spirit of justice in me i have to point out what is wrong and i want to hold them accountable and i i guess many of us have that spirit some of you are bold enough to talk out or some of you just go how dare you and i struggle i'm happy to obey to fulfill all the righteousness being under a boss being an, being in a workplace that according to the agreement that you have made or the work you have signed up for i'm happy to do all that obey it regardless of what the outcome is especially in thailand there are certain times that i believe lord why can't they do it right why they have to go around the bush recently the course that we are teaching or the college that we are teaching the program has been closed down or they are planning to close down and they given us letters to teachers who are teaching in the international program in the seminary that you know we are planning to close down the program and there's no reasons and we all have been invited here to for a very long term so that this ministries will become ministries that will equip men and women for the church of christ in thailand well that is off the chart now 
and they also gave us the letter saying that we we are not part of the future directions so basically saying thank you so much for coming and helping us bye bye and i'm going okay who should i talk to whom should i take the fight with somehow i can't submit because the vision the purpose that they have sold to us and the people that we have recruited to come to be the missionaries and they all have to go back or find something else to do and it's kind of burns within me who who is deciding these things why are you doing this can't you see the blessings this brings and then they help us to understand you know we are very we love you we really love you and we we so deeply uh, feel for you and it doesn't relate to one another and then my self is climbing out of my body and saying how does this two goes together you never communicate you never told us that this was going to happen we had plans for another 5 to 10 years of making this a big institution and you approved everything and suddenly this is no it struggles and especially in thai culture you have to respect the authority and this is where the struggle comes in for people who coming from west and maybe the rest of the asia also that on top of obeying all this we willing to go slowly but we should respect them i'm finding it really hard to respect authority which doesn't sense listen to god's will but that's not the bible teaches that's not what peter is saying to the slaves who don't have any rights he is bringing more burden on saying you must obey not only that you should respect them when they treat you bad see here is the point i know if i use the word discipleship it is so familiar and it just somehow melts away and we just sense we just sense a feeling that yes we all are disciples or we just don't understand what discipleship is it is a mixed bag of so many things but here is the point god is the factor that determines our behavior on what basis we are to submit to civil authority for the lord's sake why should we do good when we are slandered because that is what god's will is we do not live in response to the world we live in a response to god and this might be hard news for many of us disciples servants likewise live not in accordance to the merit of the masters but as servants of god seeking god's approval 
Thus Peter writes in verse 19, for it, is commended, for it is commendable if a man bears up or bear the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. I like this um, syndrome of dual personality. I don't know what is in counseling, sen, uh, counseling term it is called. I like it when I can be a Christian and when I cannot be a Christian. I like it when I can be a disciple and not be a disciple when I want to be. It's and I feel like there is a dual personality within me, always at play. When my pride is touched, when my arrogance is touched, when I am questioned, the discipleship slowly just take the right side. And I take my personality, not the discipleship on. And I like that. Who are you? What do you think you can just... There's this sense of not able to surrender. And this is where I struggle with this term discipleship. Discipleship is something that we have decided to follow Jesus. It's something that we have surrendered when we met him or when he transformed our lives. It's a time where we decided that it's no longer me, it's you. And I know discipleship is a journey. And it's a journey where Jesus is not coming to you. You are actually going to him. You're walking to the maturity of Christ. And I struggle with this aspect of discipleship. And in this book, even though it's in the midst of suffering, there could not be a better place to talk about discipleship. Discipleship is not something that we do or we leave or we conduct when everything is convenient. Everything is comfortable. Discipleship is when we are at our lowest. Discipleship is when we display Christ. We want to be like our master. Especially when a time that our chips are low. There are so many courses that makes us disciples and within six months, one year. No, you can't become like that. It is a process. It is walking up to the master in his steps. I remember in America or somewhere that people started wearing this WWJD, what would Jesus do bands. It doesn't work that way. All those moments where you have to think your, about your actions, is it like the Christ did? And this is why it becomes so hard here in First Peter for me. The other day I was watching this movie called Abraham Lincoln, the president. 
and it's a quite powerful movie uh, history would have been more powerful i guess but i guess it made very well and while i was uh, watching through it and i was getting this strong desperation for uh, abraham lincoln to see the slavery end and he makes it very clear not just on the basis of dehumanization it's also to do with racism blatant racism the institution that we have been looking up here as slavery it's nothing to do with racism there are all kinds of people who are slaves so i just want to put it out there so that you can really understand slavery means it is nothing to do with the way people look it's nothing to do with where people come from this is the institution that devil has created where he made all of us slaves from the day that adam and eve fell in the garden of eden and from that day we all became slave to satan and its work is still evident in us in many ways but the truth is when we accepted lord jesus as our savior we have became free from the bondage of the slavery to sin and devil and we were transformed into the freedom of being a slave for god and there's a beauty in it so i know none of us think we are slaves but i want to affirm you that you are slaves you're slaves of god you're slaves of the call that we all have received and there's no turning back and this is why i said one way or other we are slaves and then we have slavery to all lot of things maybe to media or whatever the world views the countries we come from the cultures there's so many things that we are slave to now in the midst of all these things peter is asking please submit to whichever authority or whichever people that you are in relationship with either in work either in in your um, family it doesn't matter even in the next week you will see he goes on to explain how a wife should submit to husbands i i'm i'm very happy i don't want i don't have to speak about it because uh, yeah my wife is here and it's very touchy subject um i wish it was the other way and men can be <laughs> Uh, feel touchy but somehow that's the way it's written so this is all about submitting to the order that is prevalent in our society because of the conscience of god or because for the sake of god and he qualifies all these teachings or instructions by saying it's just because the the god who saved us from the slavery of sin took up a form of a slave became a slave in our place and he submitted so clearly as the prophets have predicted 
as the Old Testament law has completely said, that he was submissive to everything that has happened on the way to Calvary. The term example is used in this scripture, especially in verse 21. It says, it's not simply that a good example that one is exhorted to copy. And I think that is where we are stuck with discipleship. We just want to copy Christ in certain areas. Be nice where we can obey the word of God and feel disciples. But here the word is used as a pattern letter that a school child must curse. You know the cursive writing? Is that what called in the West? That's the kind of copy or example that is mentioned here. Where you trace the letters as it was written. And that is why Peter underlines these words that you have to follow in his footsteps. This call to follow Christ is a powerful image. You know, this following means in the first place an unconditional sharing of the master's destiny which does not stop even at deprivation and suffering in the train of the master and is possible only on the basis of complete trust on the part of the person who follows. I think this is the biggest problem for me to call myself a disciple. Because I say all this in English, that I want to surrender all, and I don't. I don't know how to. And I say I trust God, but I don't know how to. I need the insurance, the everything, and then I will trust God, because I'm in control. See, the follower has placed his life, his destiny, in the hands of the master. Peter underlines this with, with these words, with this expression called, in his footsteps. Thus we are like a child, putting our foot in the footprints of our dad in a beach. We are following his footsteps, every step of our life. But the, but the problem with following in his footsteps is we know where that footsteps are going. There is no happy place. The footsteps are leading us to suffering. That's where he went to on our behalf. And that is what he has called us to. He has not called us to a happy, cheery life where we can get away by being this dual person. It is the path that we have to follow, the path of suffering. And this is completely contrast to where we live in Thailand. Where suffering, that is what they are trying to get rid of. And it completely stands in opposition. And if our life shows anything to the people of Thailand, how do we display our master through our life? I'm sorry, I think this is heavy. I've been going through this for a few days. Looking at my four-wheel drive and 
I'm thinking I am suffering for Christ in Thailand. It's hard. And I've been completely confronted by this whole idea of what discipleship really means. It is following the footsteps of Christ in every way. You were called is a phrase for salvation. Christ will inevitably will lead us to unjust suffering. As Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.12, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, Jesus, will be persecuted. Now in my dual personality of discipleship, I can easily avoid that. Because when I have to confront injustice, I can be quiet. I can be the other guy, not the disciple. When I have to confront, I can be quiet. So there is no conflict. We are not creating problem for anybody. There's no suffering for us. There's no suffering for them. But this is the calling. This is the master. This is the person we follow. Who would not stand, let injustice, corruption, sin go unnoticed. He wouldn't fight them. But he would confront them. And this is the call of a disciple. To be a light in the darkness. Just like Christ was. And it is hard. It says for here and to where he calls. Strange invitation to be directed by love. A call to suffering. And yet the master at first promises nothing else to his followers. He says if any man would come after me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And what can a Christian wish for but to be like Christ? We are called unto suffering because Jesus suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. You need to understand the intention of Peter here. His intention here is to encourage and not to shame his readers. One could read verse 21 and take Peter to mean something like this. Christ suffered for you, okay? The least you can do is suffer for him. He had to go through it. Now we also have to go through it. Quit complaining. No, that's not what Peter is saying. What he is trying to get across is that the life of a godly suffering, far from being a life of shame and emptiness, it's one of honor. It is the life of our Lord gladly chose. It is against the principles and the institution of this world. It is otherworldly. The shame is went through has lifted him to the ultimate glory that we, can, that we can't even understand. Let's follow our Lord's example. He has trodden the hard road. He took the winepress of the wrath of God alone for men. At this point, the apostles begin to apply it 
what the prophet Isaiah have prophesied. The suffering servant of the Lord, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. But soon the memory of the scenes that Peter has witnessed is present with him. And his words through holding to the spirit of Isaiah's picture, because it has become a description for himself. He was there. He has seen and heard when Jesus was taken and crucified. Who when he was reviled and reviled not again, when he suffered, threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. That's what he saw in Christ Jesus. How the brief words sum up and recall the dark history of those few days where the Creator has suffered. Caiaphas, Pilate and Herod, the mockery, the scourging, the rallying crowd, the dying Jesus, and the parting prayer, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. See, firstly, Jesus suffered unjustly. Again, that is a familiarity. He doesn't understand how unjustly he suffered. He committed no sin, not in front of men, or God could not find any blemish in him. He knows when people go through pain and suffering unjustly. He was there. The pain not only of suffering, but of being unfairly mistreated. How many times we have said in our lives, Oh, that's unfair. It's not fair. Secondly, Jesus suffered patiently. They hurled insults at him. He did not retaliate. And this is where I can't be a disciple. My flesh just have not surrendered to the extent that I can just allow people to insult me. My rights don't let me do that. My civil liberties, you know, all those words are coming. I want to be a lawyer now. But he suffered. He made no threats because he was conscious of God. Instead, he entrusted himself to the unjust rulers because he has already submitted to the will of the Father. And this is what I am trying to get across today. Are we disciples, the slave of Jesus, are submitted to the will of the Father? Have we let it go? Are we still in control? Thirdly, he, 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 he suffered. God, Jesus suffered for a purpose. That purpose was our redemption. He clearly says, Peter clearly says, that Jesus bore our sins on that tree in his body. It was not some kind of a formula that we talk as Christians that Jesus suffered. It was real. It was physical. It was painful. Peter was a witness to his, a witness to that. His suffering came because of the mission that he was on to save humanity. Remember 
Peter's concern is the testimony that Christians give to the world. Our focus also should be the redemption of our neighbors, the redemption of people that we are living with, including our governors and our prime ministers. And I don't know how you live in Thailand and view humanity around you. I've been told there's only 0.6% Christians. Yay! I'm happy. Good. Friends, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of witness that needs to come out of our being the disciple of Christ. Being the one who followed the footsteps of Jesus. How can they see that? I am struggling. They don't see Jesus in me. I have to tell them who I am. I'm a missionary, you know. I came here to really help Thai people to know God. I'm struggling. I don't know about you. Peter then gave the general reminder that we were in the same condition as our neighbors. Okay? We were in dark. We were lost souls. We were sheep without a shepherd. Let me summarize. How are Christian servants to live under non-Christian masters or a non-Christian context? And particularly under harsh requirements of culture that we don't get it. And also to submit and respect. Which is completely recognized here in Thailand as a legitimized structure. Just like the slavery was recognized as a legitimized structure during the time of the first century. For the same reason, all Christians should submit to civil authority. So should they, for the Lord's sake, being conscious of him, that one, God is pleased with them, and two, their own Savior, Jesus Christ, suffered as well for them, leaving them a good and honorable example. What about us? None of us are slaves. None of us feel like slaves. But most of us are under some form of authority. Or some of us even administer authority. To varying degrees and regularity, we are mistreated at least inconvenienced. How do we respond? I remember last week he was talking about immigration. I had to go last week. Man, and I'm preparing this message. And I just couldn't sit there and submit to them. They've seen us. The passport I can see is sitting there. They just have to call and give my name. Ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. So I went and asked. "Um, It's all finished, isn't it? Can I have it? You go and sit. We will call your name. Woo! I didn't know how to respond. She made me sit for another 45 minutes. How do we respond? This, here are principles we can take from this. One, don't be surprised by suffering and mystery because that's exactly what we are called to. Okay? And Peter said, 
you were called, one lesson I have learned clearly is that I do not know what tomorrow holds. I may lose everything. I have no guarantee. And indeed, if I should expect anything in this life, I should expect some measure of suffering. Friends, discipleship is a journey. One might conclude from this that the revelation of Jesus Christ and full salvation is something that we Christians simply wait. Peter very clearly said we have this hope and we all are waiting for that hope. But it's a journey. And this is all I want to point out today. That in this discipleship journey there is no times that you can choose to be a disciple or not. You're constantly the slave of Christ who are required to display and witness Christ in our bodies, in our life, in our character. May I exhort you today morning that we can be that disciples. We can be honest in telling I am a disciple of Jesus, but we need to let it go. We need to surrender. We need to surrender to the example of Christ. We all want to be somebody in life. It might be a lot of different things. Somebody wants to be the best missionary. Someone wants to be the best witness. Somebody wants to be the best singer, worship leader, preacher, whatever. You might want to win thousands of people for Christ. But the example that we have is the footsteps of Jesus. We need to follow that. Otherwise, there's no witness. May God give us strength this morning to people who will submit even when we are unjustly treated. People who will surrender even in the slightest idea of unfairness. People who will keep quiet when we are dealt unjustly so that our display of our behavior and conduct will lead those people who are mistreating us to Christ. Just like Jesus did. He surrendered as the creator and the sovereign God of the universe. He became a slave. He shed that blood on that cross. He took every aspect of insult and hurls and beatings and pain on that body to save you and me. And he did save, isn't it? We have a huge hope. We may not have a message to share to the people in Thailand. We may not know how to relate to Buddhism. But we can live as disciples of Christ. May God bless you with this words. You've been listening to a sermon recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org.